Hi guys. What up though? What's up? So it's Jermaine and Sharayan. <laughs> Oh, are you supposed to say something else? No. Oh. <laughs> are you even paying attention? I am. So, we are the new kids. It's been a while since we've recorded. Oh, my God. I feel like it's been ages. Um, but welcome to the New Kids Radio. Um, we are here with Jamila Jackson, a woman by many different names, of course. We're going to get to those in a second. Um, but we are recording out of the Detroit Association of Women's Clubs Clubhouse, located in Midtown, Midtown Detroit. If you want to know more information about the club or the clubhouse, you can check out the website at friendsofdawc.com. Uh, Am I forgetting anything, Shariah? No. I'm not that I but I wasn't really paying attention. See? This was just, I just asked you, were you paying attention? Okay, now I am. Goodness gracious. Okay, so moving right along. Question of the day. And this is one of Shariah's creations. Yes, you can tell by the... of the question so today's question of the day is what is one song that you know all of the lyrics to that is super embarrassing like and this is this can be a song from you know childhood (laughs) screen tour 2004 (laughs) so since it's my question i will answer it first yes um i didn't realize how embarrassing this was till last tuesday when i Proceeded to rap all the words to bounce with me. Uh, oh, no. Bye. A little bow wow. And I didn't even realize I still knew the words until I recited all of them. So, yeah, that's what it may have been. It also may have been the liquor that just triggered, you know. Mm. All those past I'm going to just blame Kid. There we go. Because if he wouldn't have played it, I would have never Rita, known that but, I still you know, Rita too. Yep, that's it. So my song, which is partially embarrassing because, A, I was probably too young to know all the words to this song anyway. Uh-uh. <laughs> anywhere by 112, including the Lil Zane part. Listen, probably way too young. Way too young, and didn't know what I was saying, just off the dome. And the, and there, it's a lot of songs too. When I look back at the lyrics, I'm like, dang, this is yeah, kind of stupid. Yeah. That's yeah. how it was with Peaches and Cream. Like my mom loves 112, and for the longest time, I thought I was singing about fruit and ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, really I still don't did. know if that song is about ice cream. <laughs> so at first, you know. I thought I knew, but now I'm like. Mm. Yeah, because it's talking about the other side. I just, yeah, I just don't know. like, mm, I really don't know where this is going. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I just. All right, Jamila, what's your song? Uh, there's so many songs, <laughs> actually. And it's funny because growing up, um, I was very bad at knowing song lyrics. Like, I would just, if I didn't know it, I would just plug in another word. Oh, God. <laughs> I was hearing things wrong. Um, so I think the song that I'm going to go with is, um, What's that song? It's by Journey. Mm. But I can't think of what it's called. Just sing it for the people. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God, why am I blanking on this song? It's the one that they sing in Glee all the time. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
The one where he say, he say Detroit. Don't stop believing. Yeah, I'm like, what yeah. is the name of that song? That is my favorite. I actually song. know the word, words to that too, and I think it's because of Western. I feel like they always, the band always played Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all don't know no other, no other song but this? Yeah. I always wonder, like, why we can't get song lyrics out of our head. Like, That's I feel true. like even when I hear the song, it still be stuck in my head, and I still know all the words. Well, and I, I think, too, like, memories are can be associated mm-hmm. heavily with songs. So if you turn in the radio, you hear a throwback. Mm-hmm. It take the you back, and the back. words just pop into your head. I promise you, I didn't know. I didn't realize I still knew the words, and I was like, and it just started flowing out. I did. And I had like, video. I looked around, and nobody oh, else. I, I want to see that. Nobody else was singing with me, and I was like, all right, yeah, nice. got it. <laughs> I think I'm you and Bow Wow know all the words to that. Talk to him. A true fan here, girl. I he can't lying about his airplanes. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Mm. I, clearly. Okay, mm. so moving along, um, we want to talk about some events that are coming up, diving in the D, because of course we love, you know, networking. Actually, we don't, but we try to get better into it. We love the idea of We networking. love the idea of networking. I love the idea of networking. It's just actually networking is a in little theory, bit more challenging. Right. Oh, yeah. In practicum, mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. <laughs> and I think it's, it's partially because the experiences I've had with networking events are kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. And I always hype myself up, like, yeah, I'm going to go network, I'm going to do that. And yeah. then I get there, and I be like, mm-hmm. actually, I don't want to talk to anybody here. Or this is horribly executed. I could have stayed at home. Or if I could push a button and disappear, I would. But it's hopefully, that yeah. Yeah. The yeah. hopefully the events that we put y'all on, you know, are executed greatly, and y'all enjoy them just as we do. <laughs> so the first one coming up, which I love, is Drinks and Design. Um, it's happening on Thursday, September 13th, and this drinks and design is going to be at the Fisher Building. Um, and of course, it's a architectural treasure in the city of Detroit, but I think overall, drinks and design is a really good opportunity to get to know people in your field, outside of your field, um, in Detroit, who are doing really cool things, um, and honestly, learning about the buildings and opportunities in your city, because I, th- I think a lot of people take for granted or they don't realize we have so many just buildings that have such architectural value, like the Fisher Building, or like these other unique treasures. So it's happening on September 13th, and of course it is free, you just have to register. You can do that on Eventbrite. Make sure you go check that out. And Drinks and Design actually has events every month, and it's always in a different place. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. The second event is the Women's Appreciation, Appreciation Mixer, which is happening on September 16th at Bamboo Detroit. Um, it's $20, so it's not free, but I mean, $20 is reasonable, especially when you're getting drinks and um, hors d'oeuvres. It's from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and the Women's Appreciation Mixer basically is an opportunity for you to come together with like-minded women and talk about your experiences, share opportunities, and just learn about other people's journeys. So check that out. Definitely a dope event. I'm sure you'll get a lot of good information from those two opportunities. You got anything you want to add? No, not really. (laughs) Okay, so up next is our segment that we have so graciously named You Mad or Not, which Mm -hmm. I think happens. Yes, Mm -hmm. happens a lot. So, Shariah, you want to kick this off? Sure. So, this week here in Michigan, uh, most of our kids have gone back to school. I know everybody's back to school schedule is different but they recently started um as of tuesday 
And the catch to how they started school is that they don't have running water, at least not running water that is safe for them to drink. Um, so obviously you can't cook with this food, uh, can't drink it, you got to drink out of bottled waters. And all of this because uh, they had some lead in their water. So my issue with this is that I feel like lead just doesn't get in your water overnight. Um, this is not something that they should have been caught by surprise by. And I think it's just kind of, um, it, it just wasn't right. Yeah. I guess I should I get say. What you're saying. Yeah. I think that this is one of the things with DPS, one of those mounting problems that people never really addressed when it was first introduced and they just let it build up and mm -hmm. build up. Because as we know, most of the buildings, um, NDPS are still old. They are mm -hmm. original buildings built early 1900s and on. Um, and just like we've seen issues with textbooks, we've seen issues with technology. These are things that people knew about and they just didn't properly address until it was too late or it's escalated to the point where now we have to do something because these yeah. kids don't have water. They can't cook the cafeteria food. They can't drink it. Like, how are kids supposed to run off bottled water all day all day long and then here's another thing that made me upset about this um like i said school just started on tuesday so that was what september 4th 4th yes this article came back came out on august 30th <laughs> a grand total of five days before they were supposed to go back to school um and this lovely article by the new york times indicates that they have found Elevated levels of lead or copper in dozens of schools since 2016. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is not a new problem. This is... I, I don't understand how we got here. Um, it's very embarrassing. And it's... Honestly, I just feel like, you know, we're supposed to be this whole, like, children of the future and all this kind of stuff. So if you're just now... You found it in 2016. You continue to run this water in 2016. These kids have drank it. We don't know what kind of you know effects this could have long term we haven't even thought about long term yet because they just shut, shut the water off now so i just think it's just ridiculous and when you think about all the issues that flint has had going on with their water mm -hmm. this also now ties into okay detroit's water supply which has been an ongoing issue outside of dps mm -hmm. but you know people are always like well y'all are surrounded by lakes what's the problem like you get in there and drink the lake water. Yeah, it's the and it's not it's the infrastructure. It's it's the people who are in power mm -hmm. who are not appropriately addressing the needs of their citizens, of their communities. It's the infrastructure, the buildings are not being adequately taken care of like they should be. People are not being paid enough to, you know, do the jobs that they are mm -hmm. in. So they're not even paying the teachers enough. Yeah, let alone somebody to take care of the building. Like we could just go on and on and on about yeah. DPS. And it's not that, you know, I want to bash DPS in any way because I'm definitely a product I am of DPS. it. So <laughs> <I am> DPS. <laughs> like right. you know, it's just a lot. So to answer the question, am I mad or not, I am pissed. And also, so. shout out to all the DPS grads who have been working to get waters into their school. Um, Jamila, I know you've been working to get, you know, bottled water to your school. Clay um, mm -hmm. ha also has an initiative. And I've seen a couple other people on my Twitter timeline who have been really working hard to get, you know, um, water to the schools, which is a necessity. So, and I shout think, out to y'all. Um, like, 
there have been reports that the schools are providing the kids with bottled water, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's just like you said, you know, that's probably coming out of teachers' pocket, you know, yeah. their own pockets, probably coming out the principal's And they barely pockets. have money well, for school supplies. Well, they're, they're, they're doing exactly. filters too, but my thing is, you can't say, here's this water filter that's a temporary fix, have fun until June. Right. Yeah, no. I, ho- I hope that's not their solution, but you know, you know, I. I want to make it a challenge between grads and DPS to get water in their schools, but it shouldn't be a competition. It should be a collaboration. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I know I've had people from other schools, because I know I'm donating water to my alma mater renaissance on Monday, but I've had people from King, you know, yeah, I've seen the cast, you know, everybody. So, you know, once I get my school straight, I'm going to make sure that, you know, CJ, um, who's handling the stuff with Cass, you know, he says he got like three hundred bottles, but he's trying to get to a thousand. Yeah. So making sure, you know, he gets the promotion that he needs. I know Brandon Hunter from the Michigan Chronicle is uh handling water at King, so And it doesn't just have to be towards your, you know, alma mater. Like right. if you got a neighborhood school, mm-hmm. if you got an elementary school, if you got a middle school, you know, donate as what you can. Donate your time. Donate some money. Right. Donate some water bottles. Whatever it is, because these kids, we know these kids need it. We've been there. We've yeah. been in DPS. It's hot. It's hot. Yeah. They and then some of them don't have air conditioners. So right. Now you don't have air conditioner. You don't have water. But here's this water filter. Right. Enjoy. And even if you know, you know, me being the optimist that I am, if the problem gets fixed, you know, sometime this semester, you know, these kids are still going home to. You know, maybe they don't have enough food. Cause I yeah. Know the like a lot of teachers that I've been in communication with, you know, their kids are coming to school hungry. So don't let this just be the one, only initiative that you, know, you to, yeah take part in. Event, you know, make this be the start of your ongoing support of you know DPS, making sure these kids are fed. You know, making sure they have mentors if they need it. Um, you know, school supplies, stuff like that. So. Yeah. So you know, in short, DPS. Get y'all shit together. <laughs> I think they're trying. It's, yeah, they it's trying. A slow moving machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind. I mean, it's kind of. I want to be understanding, but it's like, yo, two almost two years of this. Yeah. It, they, you yeah. you reach it. You really reach it. One year I could do it. One year I could mm-hmm. be like, okay, maybe they didn't know, but for for it to be 2016. That was the start of this, and then there's no like what was what was done that would have made y'all think mm-hmm. it was different. Mm-hmm. Like was the lead just not high enough? And you were just like, oh, right, this is the same level. <laughs> <laughs> so when did the, what's the what's the man named Dr. Beatty? Uh, yes, I when think he. he I think 2016 is when he started. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so before we get too mad, right? <laughs> next topic in you mad or not? So, um, on Tuesday. And this was, of course, broadcasted um, around the world during her funeral. But Shane Park, which is a um, <laughs> a treasured jewel in the city of Detroit, is being renamed um, Aretha Franklin Park, which I think is great, amazing. Not mad about that. But this um, this renaming did get me thinking. And um, this is something that I've seen just um, chatter or buzz about throughout the city for the last couple of years. But so, you know, as kids, when we're taught about slavery and we're taught about um, our history of this country, it's painted in this monolithic view that, well, the South had slavery and the North was great. This is where all the black people came when, you know, to get free, when 
as we get older, um, we learn that that was not necessarily <laughs> the case. <laughs> and even here, like we have a we have a monument or a statue off the water in Hart Plaza that depicts slaves pointing to Canada, like to freedom and all of that fun stuff. To freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hold it. Listen. So with that, you know, you see it your first time seeing it, and you're like, oh, okay, Detroit was great, this and that. However, when you look at the history of Detroit, especially with our street names. There are a lot of historic figures in the city of Detroit who have either owned servants or slaves, and they have buildings named after them. They have streets named after them. Um, for example, you have Joseph Campu, Cass Avenue, John R. Bobian, Brush, to name a few. Um, there are historical documents and uh, facts indicating that these families have owned slaves in Detroit or servants in Detroit. And so that really makes you think about how we're taught our history, mm -hmm. how we absorb our history, because as a Detroiter, like if I hadn't gone out to seek out this information, I never would have known brush on slaves. You know, it yeah. would have never crossed my mind. I'm thinking, oh, we in the North, Detroit good. Like Detroit we straight. straight, especially when you think solid. of all the black people in Detroit. Yeah, it's like one of the blackest. Yeah. You City's think about that true, and you're you like, know? that could have never happened up here. Like, what? All slaves? No what? Mm -hmm. But it happened. And it makes you think, you know, just about the African-American contribution to this country, mm -hmm. um, about the contribution to this city, about how we made this city mm -hmm. um, and how we are ingrained in this city. But the experience of this city and this country is not being reflected back towards us. We are facing a lot of injustices, a lot of um, things that you would think as we progress and as we're taught, you would think, oh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 and you know all these protests, is, all these protests, all these marches have happened. We should be great now. We should be good. Mm -hmm. Or, or you have the argument of, well, black people just need to separate and start our own. And you look at Black Wall Street and you see that's not feasible either. Mm -hmm. So. Yes, they yeah. will burn it down to the ground and everybody in it. Um, Including their own kind. So, Period. am I mad that we still have streets named after um, slave owners? Yes, quite. <laughs> but I also think that this is an opportunity for black Detroiters and black people across this country to take a hard look at your experience um, and your understanding of your history and what you contribute to it. Um, and there are a lot of opportunities out here for you to learn outside of your own experience. I just started listening to the Nod podcast, which I think should be taught. In, I feel like they should just play this podcast in school <laughs> because there are so many, so many different events in history and people in history that I never would have learned about yeah. in school, never learned about. Like, who contributed to the civil rights movement outside. Like, I feel like after second grade, you should not continue to teach me about Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X. Or it should Malcolm be more X. expansive. Teach they me the teach truth. You Malcolm X in school? Teach them the well, truth. Well, I went to a black them. school. Oh, so okay. I had black. <laughs> but you have to, like, I know when I was learning it, it was like Rosa Parks was the first person to. Right, which is not no, true. Lies. Stop lying. Like, she was the more politically fit Correct, person. Correct, yeah. You know, because the first person to do it was what young and pregnant. And pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. Like, teach us all of it. Don't teach me. Back further than you know that girl and like 
want to say like the 1890s, Ida B. Wells got kicked off the train. Right, and then, but, but when we and sense. when we talk about women's <laughs> suffrage, you always hear, oh, Susan B. Anthony this, Susan, B. and no, mm-hmm. like no, Susan mm-hmm. B. Anthony was not it. Racist. Susan B. Anthony was a racist. So they made black women march in the back during the women's suffrage march, and they didn't even want to let them march at all. Okay, so they, they weren't trying to give black women the right to vote, and we women too. So know your history, do your mm-hmm. research. I'm quite mad. I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad. I'm I'm excited for the the renaming. Yeah, of Shane I'm excited Park, too. Though. Cause I'm, Shane owns slaves for sure. Even <laughs> outside of that, like when we retire this name Shane Park, please retire wearing all white. No, to <laughs> this <laughs> location, like it's now you know, now you know that's not gonna happen. Like it's why are you at that's ingrained in the history in all white? It yeah. makes no sense. Because it makes no sense. That's Let ingrained in the history. Just Let like you know, okay, uncles. No. And no. linen suit. It's like it's okay. Are you about the barbecue? That, like, like a five mile radius of Shane Park. Oh, you Whatever know. Whatever you wear naturally turns what? <laughs> it just that's just how it works. It's like a magic eraser. Like, oh, yeah. you'd cross the border. Just, uh-huh, nope. Where are you going? Try Next. again. I can't. We got. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I'm just only a little mad because I mean I've had this conversation before. I was talking to some um cash technicians yes and we were talking about how people are on facebook debating whether or not cash should change the school and all of a sudden you know they whole wokeness was like nope it's cash we're gonna keep it that way we've been new he on slaves i'm like okay well i guess your wokeness has people wokeness be having limitations and that's why i hate talking to people sometimes about like just the black experience because especially and i listen Sometimes people only look at it, well, people look at it as being black first. And it's like, well, I'm black and I'm also a woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm knocked down oh, both ways. Wow. And, and I can't choose which right, side I can't I'm going to stand up on. Like, I'm going to be this I today or I'm going to be that. I don't have a choice but to be both every day when I wake up in my black womanness. Exactly. <sighs> but I think it's just hard when people start that conversation of should we change the names of all the streets and all the schools and all the buildings. I'm like, that's yeah. a lot of work. Everybody else want to lead the charge on that. It is a lot of work, and it has to be more than one person willing to step up and do the work. Because everything is nuanced, everything is layered. Um, you peel off one layer, something else okay, come up. Listen, cause yeah, anybody <laughs> else want to do that work though? Hey, please me? jump in. I send you a check. Jump in, jump out, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I so Jamila, what is your you matter and all topic. You have one for us? My you matter and all. Hmm. What can I be mad about? I know these white people mad about Kaepernick. For sure. Oh, they're living. We're not even going to <laughs> They are living. time on this show. They, they are, are living. Like, nothing can make me. burn the shoes. When he's, when, while he's still in it. Nothing can make me that mad that I'm going to set my own feet on fire. Somebody apparently tried to burn their shoes and ended up burning their house down. That's and I saw somebody burn their shoes and the grass is on fire. I'm like, Shh. you know what? I ain't gonna say nothing. Like this, this thing, this little thing that came out. I don't know if it's like legitimately Nike or people playing around with like how to safely burn your Nike products. I don't think that's Nike, <laughs> no. but if it is, I was dying. I was like, this, Listen, this little white people, is great. Y'all be out here screaming about all lives matter and all of that fun stuff. And look. If you believe that, then donate your Nikes that you don't want no more. Donate them to a homeless shelter. Or do something positive. Yeah, what exactly. if you they never already like bought it? They don't even know how to burn stuff around you. You already bought it. Like your money as a uh, Kev on stage said, your money dollars are already gone. Like <laughs> <laughs> your money dollars. They're, they're already spent. <laughs> yeah, I just think 
to me, I know somebody was, you know, people were bringing up the fact that, you know, they had the whole Blue Lives Matter mm-hmm. thing, and, you know, after, I think it was Trayvon, yeah. one of the unfortunate young men that was killed, but, you know, I did my research, because I think a lot of these companies, once they do dumb shit like that, you know, and they see the backlash that they get, they have to start shaking shit up, but... Apparently, Nike started uh, doing this in, like, in 2016-2017. They just started getting all these executives out. They hired, um, I think they created a position, Chief Diversity of mm. Inclusion, mm-hmm. um, you know, just stuff like that because they were having a problem with a whole bunch of sexual allegations. Yeah, a lot of companies did a whole suite. And they just did yeah. a whole suite, so I'm like... I just want to know what black woman they got in the office because it's that blood. They, so got, it's not they the got a black woman. They got them a, a Latino mm-hmm. woman. Somebody. somebody. I, I like that Nike kind of shows how brand loyalty can work in reverse. Like, so mm-hmm. when Serena had this whole issue of not being able to wear her cat suit, Nike backed her up. Mm-hmm. Now Colin Kaepernick, they're backing him up. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, same right. thing LeBron James. Like, all these different statements, mm-hmm. they haven't backed down. Whereas there are a lot of companies that would have just been like, no, nah, I'm going to just stay away from this altogether. Right. So I appreciate the fact that Nike is kind of like, yeah, no. Nah, there was another company, y'all. too. Um, it's a jean company. I can't remember who it is. But they um, are they are aligning or supporting with the gun control group. So I was like, white people really about to be Levi's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really they ain't gonna have nothing to wear. <laughs> they gonna be naked. They gonna be naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm so y'all, your money dollars were spent on these twenty nine ninety nine Nikes. I was like, oh, not the twenty nine. Not I'm the twenty nine. Right. They kind of still. Stock is dropping. I'm like, go give me some stock. Listen, I literally, I sat there last night and I was looking on um, Robin Hood. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably about to do this in the morning. Yeah. yeah. I need to give me some stock and some Air Force ones. Turn up. Give me yeah. two. Some cavity over here all on my timeline. I'm like, I cannot deal with y'all. Like, it's beautiful. Bring it back a classic. A good classic. Shout out to Nelly. I hope Shout you guys like Nike. Hey. He probably, you know what? Nelly. He probably is the minority owner off that. Right. Level, so. All right. We're going to take a break and be back shortly. If you're like me, then you have journals and books stacked up to the sky filled with creative shorts and worlds of imagination. Why not take your hard work and cement something magical? With draft to digital you can create and sell ebooks through Amazon, iBooks, Barnes & Noble, and others. Sign up through draft2digital.com slash gpencil and fuel your creative wonders. Hey guys, it's me, Shy. If you're anything like me and have struggled finding products to keep your skin popping, you have to check out Lola and Doe. Their products are handmade and all natural. Check out the link on my Instagram page at shymonet, S-H-Y-M-O-N-E-T, to learn more about their products. The New Kids is all about giving entrepreneurs the right platform. If you're interested in advertising with us, send us an email at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. Hey, guys. So we're back. It's lit. Not hey, y'all. But, you know. Anyways, so we are going to formally introduce our guest here. Even though you've already heard her speaking, Miss Jamila Jackson is here. And she is a lot of things. A storyteller, <laughs> podcaster. I said woman of many names. Um, she's the owner of Jackson PR and Events LLC, the nomadic blogger. And 
I personally know her because she's a Day 26 fan. Yes. And we had a moment. Best <laughs> we bonded, you know. Bonded through and backstage. I don't think we knew. Did, did we know that you were going to the concert? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, I, just, I, I just met her. I was so. like, yeah. Like, hey. It was great. Because was that before or after the um, bar call? That was before the bar call. Okay. Yeah. No, was it? Yes. Oh. Day 26 was in yeah. Oh, so long ago. Right. Oh, it's we're getting old. It was great. so fast, but it was so long. Man. But, so, that's Jamila. Jamila, say hello to the people. What's up? <laughs> so, we're going to play a little game. Okay. A little lightning round of fast facts. I should have read the schedule. <laughs> right. I need I'm about to say, play the Jeopardy theme song. Yes. We we'll need have Tiana add that in. Tiana, we need... Uh, <laughs> We need the Jeopardy theme song to go right here. Anyways, all right. So you ready? No. <laughs> you I'm got right. this. I'm gonna start. Anyways, I don't know. Is this a quiz? I, I mean, no, it's, it's fun. It's, it's about you. It's about you. Okay, okay. I have quiz anxiety. <laughs> all right. So you ready? Yes. Are you a Detroit native? Of course. East side or west side? Both. Favorite <laughs> Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Il George on Six Mile and Grizzly. Turn up. High school. Grizzly. How do you stay inspired? Uh, um, honestly, inspiration just comes and goes for me. Like I can just be sitting still and I'll be like, oh shit, let me go write something. So that's usually how it works. Okay. Do you have any uh, methods that you use to make sure you don't get uh, burned out? You know, favorite books, podcasts, TV shows, etc. Um. Definitely binge watching shows on Netflix. Um, helps me not be burnt out and calm me down. Um, I'm trying to get into meditation. Um, therapy, sure. Listen, shout out, shout out to therapy. Amen. Um, <laughs> trying to get into yoga um, a little bit more. And um, this is probably not a great coping mechanism, but um, alcohol and Twitter. Hey, all right. Tuesday nights be saving my life. Listen, okay, Tuesday I night. I have been since 4th of July. Girl. 4th of July was a lot. That was a lot. Was a lot to we, do. We so understand. I can't completely understand. It was just a lot. Woo, I'm done for the summer. <laughs> See, you I guys need a break. break. And they raised the lamb chops for $3 a piece. So. Yes, they did. And put a minimum on how many you can order. Or, or yeah. Yeah, like, I think you got to order well, for yeah, the three. I'm never going to be ordering just two lamb chops. Hey. So. Hey, you never know. People try it. <laughs> but anyways, you survived. The best one. Yay. Yay. We did it. Ding, 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 ding. Tiana, we need hand claps right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your business beginnings. Okay. Um, so, did you choose to pursue higher education? And if not, or if you did, why or why not? Um, I did go to Wayne State University. Um, got out in four years. Turn up. money dried up. Hey. Um, I was... Very, very blessed to have um, a couple of scholarships. So I received a presidential scholarship from uh, this program called Math Corps. Mm -hmm. I had been in it since I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. Honestly, shout out to programs like that because (laughs) as a kid, I hated it. But when I got older, I was like, oh, you're giving me money. Turn up. Oh, see, it wasn't even like that for me. Like my first summer, because they get you as you're a rising seventh Mm -hmm. grader. Um, so like the first summer I think I like hid the application from my mom <laughs> I did all this stuff then one day I get a, a letter in the mail and it's like you've been accepted and I'm like god damn it who sent that application in who found it who 
want it. But like immediately from the time I stepped into that camp, I have not. I I'm still there. I still have like lifelong friends. Mm. My best friends are from Mathcore. So from day one, they kind of entrapped me. And I'm people like Mathcore. It's a math camp. Yeah, but it's other experiences too. We didn't really talk about math. So Um, yeah, I I think that. As kids, we don't, we some of us take those experiences for granted, mm-hmm. uh, but we are exposed to so much, especially in Detroit. There's so many different yes, things yeah. that you can be exposed to when you think about arts, culture, mm-hmm. uh, STEM, like, and there are so many opportunities yeah. outside of the traditional that you can take advantage of, and it'll really push you forward in mm-hmm. life. And it was just an opportunity, like I had spent every summer from sixth grade until. I think I might have done two summers. I worked there for two summers even after I graduated college. So Mm. all that time on the college campus, you know, it was probably like eighth grade or something. I know I was like, okay, I'm coming to Wayne State. Yeah. You know, so having that pipeline, having the support of, you know, high up staff members, like the director of, I think it's called the Center for Equity and Mathematics. Um, you know, he's the reason I have a scholarship. So being that connected with someone for that long, having that, you know, direct line, like I could call him up right now and we can still have Yeah, you, you know, still have that chat, yeah, know? that that connection. It it's important later in life because you never know when you're gonna need, you know, yes. advice or just somebody listen. Yeah, or some money. Like, you know what, I'm struggling on some bills today. <laughs> like, like, here you go. Let's talk. So yeah, they gave so me much. They gave me a scholarship that covered um, most of my tuition. And then I got the Rosa Park scholarship as a freshman mm-hmm. that helped with my books my first year. Um, I was also a part of a learning community called the Journalism Institute for Media Diversity. And they covered basically everything else. So you so, was on. You was like, yeah. yep, sign so me up. So like the first two years, I only had to pay for um, room and board, mm-hmm. which my parents didn't my and then junior year, I got a scholarship, um, Flip Wilson scholarship, named after the famous comedian. I think he left in his estate enough money for, um, I think the scholarship goes to eight schools, and Wayne State is one of them. Mm-hmm. So they pick one student from each school, and you get literally everything. Like, I was able to get my parking pass, books, Turn up. room and board, all that. So That's dope. Yeah. That's what's up. So did you did you always know that you wanted to be involved in like um, in journalism and Funny PR? Thing, I did not. I was ready when I applied. So I started junior year, junior year of high school. I'm like, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be on Broadway. I had got information from like NYU and Juilliard. Like I always thought I was going to Juilliard, even as a little kid. Then they started sending back. Um, and calls and I'm like, okay, um, yeah, you can dance at Wayne State. This is, <laughs> this is fine. So I hadn't declared my major as journalism, even though I started with um, gems, which is the program I was in. I started that as a freshman year, but I didn't declare my major for journalism until I think end of sophomore. Year. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think I always had some kind of passion for it. My um, my mom got her degree in communication. And, um, you know, I, I have always been the kind of person who was inquisitive. I wanted to know about things, and that's kind of the basis of journalism. So yeah. once I got into it in college, um, I really just fell in love with it. Um, so I thought I was going to be, like, the next Carmen Harlan. 
that didn't happen at all. So <laughs> my life just takes a lot of twists and turns. As a so how do you how do you handle that? Like, what's your, um, your mechanism? I guess. Well, I mean, they have all been positive twists and turns. So, like I said, I started from being a dancer. Then through college, I thought I was going to be, you know, the next Carmen Harlan or Sean Robinson. And then I graduated and I didn't get no jobs unless <laughs> I moved to like the cornfields of Iowa or something. I don't even know if they grow That's corn always in a Iowa. humbling experience. She'd be like, Oh yeah, after college I'm gonna take the world by storm and yes, I'm gonna do yeah. this and, and then it'd be like, like no then I. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I because I mean anytime I had talked to like a journalism professional, they were always like, Oh yeah, my first job was in Cornhusk, Mississippi or something like that and I'm like I don't want to do that. Like, that's yeah. not going to work out for me. And they never, like, schools never talk about that. Like, I literally just wrote a blog post about this, like, maybe, like, a week, a week and a half ago. And it was, like, everybody always tells you, you know, go to school, mm-hmm. go to school, go to school. Yeah. Yeah. But what they don't tell you is school will not matter if you don't have the experience that they're looking for. Yeah, and I feel like mm-hmm. your professors don't even tell you that. Like, in yeah. class, they, they teach you so much about theory, but you never really talk about application. Like, you never really get the practical environment. I had, like, I'm going through my resume now, and I have to delete some of the stuff that I've done because as part of the learning community I was in, you had to have a 3.0, and you had to have an internship every semester. Mm -hmm. So from freshman year in college to every semester until I graduated, even after I graduated, I had an internship. So I had all this experience, but nobody wanted to hire me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... It's so tricky. Like it's it's you just gotta be luck. It's just luck, faith, prayer, all of that. Perseverance, yeah, patience. One. Yeah, because yeah. my my favorite is like here's this entry level job that you need a master's degree and fifteen thousand years of Jesus, experience what? for. What entry level? <laughs> right, and it's paying you twelve dollars an hour. And it's like, I hate and it. You don't have no benefit. Right. right. So don't get hurt or sick. <laughs> but you got your degree though. Okay. So anyways. Speaking of, like, you know, the different turns and twists that you've had to go through, what are some professional hurdles and hard lessons that you've learned so far? Um, I think with everything, I learned what I will not tolerate and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mentor always told me, internships, you find what you do like and what you don't like. And that's even in, you know, the professional workforce. Once you get out of college, uh, at my last job, I was the only black person there. Oh, child. And it was... See, my thing is, and I know it's probably going to work for some feathers, but I don't care. I feel like with white men, they are very direct with how you feel, Mm -hmm. with how they feel about you. Mm -hmm. They will let you know from day one. But with white women, you got to kind of navigate and, you know, like, oh, did you just... really? It's very passive-aggressive. So it was it was that kind of environment. I think it was there, and it was probably because I, you know, had finally got some insurance. That I was like, I have to go to therapy now because, you know, I'm dealing with this environment. It's new to me. I don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So um, that was definitely learning how to navigate a predominantly white area was probably one of the biggest hurdles. And it wasn't even just with, you know, my coworkers. It was with some of our clients, you know. There were times when people would ask me, like, oh, are you the intern? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm the one managing your account. I definitely 
can feel that experience because my first job in my field when I initially started out my office was black mm -hmm. we got acquired by somebody else and mm -hmm. those black faces started fading mm -hmm. and I will never forget I started out as like the, the HR clerk at the front desk and I used to wear my hair natural so I would have like bantu knots curls and I will never forget like being pulled aside and like you need to tone it down just a little <gasps> bit and I'm no. like tone what down because yeah, what? You got people walking around here with purple hair and you ain't saying nothing to them. Right. That's the thing that pisses me off so much. Like, they got these tattoos, these piercings, all this crazy stuff. But if I come in with braids. It's a problem. It's a problem. Everybody and all of a sudden like, oh, well, maybe, you know, you should, you know, try to dress You're a little bit more appropriately mm -hmm. or professional. And it's like. Who's professional? Who who right. set the standards for right. like, what my hair has to look like in order for it to be professional? And luckily, I didn't have to go through that for real. But I know there was two hair instances that I was just like, what the fuck? So the first one, we did this. Um, and if anybody who knows me, I change my hair like every week. <laughs> but um, So we did this annual luncheon for, you know... Uh, emergency service workers or like cops, firefighters, ambulance people, all that. And, you know, these black women, I think they were like uh, traffic cops. They come in, you know, they talking because I had like um, the crochet hair. Okay. crochet curls. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it's called. But, you know, they're telling me, oh my gosh, your hair's so cute. How did you do it? You know, me, Kiki, because I found him among my Family. People. Like I'm telling them what, you know, what I did. And I had had a conversation earlier with um, one of my managers about, you know, the technique and all of that. And so she's sitting in the room with us and she leans over and touches my hair. And, like, and you know, she did this herself, right? And like, I was so embarrassed. Like, I'm not light skinned, but I'm pretty sure they could see that I was red. red. <laughs> and, I, and like the women across from me were like, girl, like it was all in their face. I'm like, oh God. And then the second time, my boss is talking to um, this photographer because I think he's doing like a photo series on natural hair women in the workplace. So she calls me in to talk to this guy and she's like, have you ever had a problem with wearing your natural hair in the workplace? I'm like, you want me to say something about this place? Because I will. <laughs> like you, you have been asking me this is like, the problem is the in problem. this workplace. <laughs> Sis. Sis. You don't realize this whole problem that you just, like, it's just created. It was just weird, and you know, I'm still learning to navigate. Because, I mean, even now that I work um, in a predominantly, predominantly black space, there's still hurdles that I have to work through and navigate. So, it's, um, it's a struggle, and every day you learn new techniques to get through it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, what story are you looking to tell about Detroit with your career? Which I think is kind of, you know, a very fitting question for you with, like, journalism. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think the story that I want to tell is that, you know, even Detroit, even though Detroit is a predominantly black city, that there's so much more going on. Because hmm. I feel like, for me... Um, in this new venture that I'm doing, I want to break out of my shell because to me, I want to be around black people, I want to hang with black people, black, black, black. But I need to open my eyes because Detroit has a very 
you know, vibrant Hmong community. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to venture more into the Latinx community and, you know, see their way of life. Um, I feel like there's even a large, you know, the Bangladeshian community yeah. or Bengali community, I'm sorry. Um, you know, just getting more engulfed into the culture because Detroit really is a mixing pot. Like, everybody oh, yeah. in the world is coming here. And so just really trying to break out that shell and make sure I'm telling everyone's story and not just the story of people who look like me. We would like for you to tell us about your business oh, or 30 businesses. Yes. <laughs> tell us what you do and all. No, no, all right. Started. Break it down. So, um, where do I start? So, I guess I'll start with the podcast. Um, it was not created by me. I was brought onto it. It's called uh, Beat the Buzzer with Casey and Cardo and me. Uh, they had me on like last winter for about two shows. And then they just was like, hey, you want to get co-hosts? And I thought they was playing. So, you know, I'm going. They asked me, like, hey, you know, we're recording this day or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll come in. And then they start the show, and they're like, welcoming our new co-hosts. I'm like, oh, Oh, y'all were serious. This was real. Okay, all right. Um, I'm ready. So, um, beat the buzzer. We just really, it's really a very long conversation between three. We tell each other that we're not real friends, but... I think they love and adore me, which is fine. So, um, you know, we just shoot the breeze. We record our little um, podcast Detroit in Memorial Oak, which is a really nice, um, you know, place to do that. And so, yeah, that's Beat the Buzzer. Um, what else do I do? The Nomadic Blogger. I was going to say, like, come on, girl. I, I like, should have wrote it on my say Right, we about, to, <laughs> we about to read the list. Um, so, yes, The Nomadic Blogger is my blog. I started that a year ago. Um, I have been, unfortunately, neglecting it because I have dipped and dabbled into everything. But that is my baby. That is um, my safe place, my safe space. I think a lot of times especially with bloggers, everybody's worried about creating content, creating content, mm-hmm. uh, getting paid for your content. And I'm just like, I just want to write about what the fuck I want to write about. Whatever comes to my mind, I'm going to talk about it. And I think that's where I get very, very personal um, and open and vulnerable with my writing. So I talked about, um, you know, me going to therapy. I've talked about... Um, you know, kind of depression after huge loss. Um, Stuff that people experience, but they don't really yeah. want to talk about. Like nobody wants to talk about it. And the response has been, I think the story I did about, um, like, actually starting to go to therapy, mm-hmm. I got so many responses from people like, oh, my God, this was so helpful. I've been thinking about going to therapy, but I'm scared. Da, da, da. I'm just like, one, okay, y'all actually reading this shit. You don't Turn know up. everything that's wrong with me. Right. Um, but two, y'all actually reading this shit. And so I'm like... My voice you know, matters. Yeah. And not even that my voice matters. It's just the fact that, you know, people feel comfortable being who they are because I'm being who I am. Mm. And being 100% honest with them. So that is The Nomadic Blogger. Um, that's TheNomadicBlogger.com. Um... I don't really give out the social media because I'm two different people. So, on Twitter, I'm one person. Listen. And on Instagram, I'm another. So, I don't really like to let yes. those collide. So, if you find me, wherever you find me. It's um, you. Yeah. 
it me. <laughs> and then my newest baby is Jackson Peon Events. And that recently launched last month. And I'm very excited and scared. Um, because I was just thinking about it today, like I don't I don't know shit about running a business. But I know that I'm very good at what I do. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that skill with people, but I need to get paid for it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Honestly, and everybody start from somewhere. Yeah, like that's you know, that's how I think about it. That's when when I'm talking to my clients and they share those sentiments. Like I really don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. I'm mm-hmm. like, every business that you think about in this country mm-hmm. started from somewhere. It started from an idea. It started mm-hmm. from a concept. Right. It started from people sitting around like. All right, this is what I'm thinking about, but how are we gonna make this happen? Right. It's always a gamble. Yeah, like, that's what I always tell it's people. The it's a gamble. Like, you know, if you're gonna start this business, an LLC is what fifty dollars. You yeah, you yeah. you would have spent that anyway on something else. Awesome. So if you try and your business absolutely fails, right. at least you got the experience. You got the experience. What didn't work, so you and can... it was yours. You can still be proud mm-hmm. of it all for fifty dollars. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Tyler Perry say this thing um, at NABJ. I think somebody asked him, you know, what was your biggest failure or what did you learn from your failures? And he was like, I can't answer that question. And God was like, why? He was like, I never had a failure. I only had lessons. Mm. So I'm like, all right. You know, it was at that moment I'm like, well, shit, I guess I should just <laughs> go do that yeah. LLC right now because that has been my biggest thing. And me and my mom have talked about it. She's like, you know, everything kind of comes easy for you. You know, whatever you put your mind to, you're great at it. And, you know, it comes out with the great result. And so a lot of my fear is, what if this is not one of those easy things? And it doesn't, you know, just become a great success overnight. So I'm working through that thought and trying to get it out of my mind. So, yeah, so Jackson PR and events. Um, I tell people all the time I've had over seven years of experience in media here in Detroit, and that's broadcast, print, magazine, social media, um, TV producer, radio producer, PR. So I kind of know all factors of the business. I know what journalists want and how they want it, so I think that's what makes my business unique. And as far as on the event side, um, I got a lot of experience planning events at um, my old job, as well as um, with one of my clients, Miss D'Lo Brown. Shout out to D'Lo. Hey. Um, you know, helped her coordinate um, the blackout, which happened last Black Friday. Sold out 400 people in that bitch. Yes. Um, and her um, April show, who is D'Lo Brown. Um you know, pack that out. Hundred people at Pony Ride, so I know what I'm doing. Yes. If you need help with your events, um, if you need help uh, managing your brand or cultivating your brand, finding out what it is, because I think a lot of people use that word brand nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so what is it? Just because you got an ad, you got some followers, does not mean you have a brand. They don't have brand loyalty to you, so yeah, helping people cultivate that. And, um, yeah, getting these events popping, so. Turn up. Turn up. Well, guys, it's time for another commercial break. Yes, all that. <laughs> all right, we're back. Hey, y'all. Oh, you need an echo. Like, we're back. <laughs> back. Girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I 
she she, she really be having listen no Shariah has sound effects on her phone and she never has them <laughs> together when she's supposed to so mm. it's like girl why you even got this on your phone well what was the little thing I was playing the ditchery doo dingery doo I'm like bro what is the dingery doo we we gonna play it for you after this is over so you can hear this nonsense interesting it was great we had fart noises and everything goodness gracious okay so with all you know with all the stuff that you got going on. What are some other avenues that you're thinking about potentially getting into once everything else kind of falls into place and settles itself? What other what other things are jumping out at you? I am I, I don't know because I feel like I have so much going on in front of me that I am having trouble like pushing out the way. <laughs> like okay, so what else can I get into? Yeah. That's that's my problem. I'll start a whole bunch of shit and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, Ooh, I'm gonna do this. Um. But my main thing that I really want to get back into is doing some volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did the Enough Said African American 490 Challenge where we were working to raise money to help test over 11,000 uh, unopened rape kits. And I think I did that for like, I'm still kind of doing that, mm-hmm. you know, even though it, the fundraising has slowed down a little bit. But, you know, of course, we had the one aspect where we were raising the money, but. The other half of it where we're trying to change rape culture and whatever allow whatever is in place that allows for over 11,000 rape kits to go get untested. untested. Yeah, shout out to HBO, Mariska Hargitay, um, yes. and Kim Worthy. Yes. My cousin was actually a part of that documentary. Who? Um, Erica Maria. Girl, that's my girl. That's my cousin. So, I love her. Yes, so shout out to them for getting that, you know into the, the the public eye a little bit mm-hmm. more because mm-hmm. you, of course Detroit is not the only city with this struggle um, so we need to pay more attention and get that mm-hmm. problem addressed yeah. in a more appropriate manner mm-hmm. so I think what I'm going to do is um, you know kind of stay with the whole uh, rape culture changing that I'm going to definitely try to volunteer with the Sasha Center mm-hmm. um, which is basically an organization that approaches the healing of sexual assault um, in a holistic manner and I think anyone can come to the center but it's mainly centered around African American women Okay. Because especially with the rape kids you had I think 80% of those belong to black women mm-hmm. wow. so it's like come on now what, you know, what's the issue why can't why are our rape kids not being paid enough attention to yeah. So, um, definitely want to hook up with Kalima Johnson over there at the Sasha Center, and I think a lot of times people don't people think about the kids, but they don't realize that the kids are attached to an actual yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Like this is an actual human being who went through this experience, who is traumatized, mm-hmm. who is impacted mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Yeah, I think that's the part that people miss a lot yeah. too. It's like it's not just okay that happened and it's over mm-hmm. like they deal with that forever they can't forever. go places by themselves sometimes they Some can't, people can't trust leave their house yeah. their relationships exactly. are skewed like it's a lot that comes yeah. with that and i think it's sad that that gets mm-hmm. lost it becomes like just kind of like an id number mm-hmm. or you know a situation and that's it mm-hmm. and i think that's why kalima's work is so important because you know people say you know go to therapy or you know in our community is pray over that mm-hmm. but Kalima really goes into um, kind of like who the person is and what they need specifically to heal from that because healing from you know sexual assault whether it's physical or mental or emotional is not a 
one, you know, yeah, like just, fixed all things. Yeah. So, um, really want to get Kalima's name out there in Sasha's center so that, you know, she's supported and, you know, these women are supported as well. So, how would you encourage someone to start their path in, um, establishing themselves in like the media PR industry you just gotta do it um I held an event back in I'm gonna say last year like July um just you know a little blogger meetup mm-hmm. and you know for experienced um budding and aspiring bloggers it was a good mix of each category there and a lot of the people that I was talking to um who wanted to start blogging like Oh, I'm scared. Oh, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, just do just it. Do it. You know. So if you have a feeling, if you know you're good at it, because that's the thing, um, you can't just start something and not be good at it. Mm-hmm. You need to have the skills and the talent. So if you feel like you want to do it but you don't know where to start, um, find a mentor for sure. Um, take some courses. Do your research. Um, find out if that's really what you want to do because I feel like a lot of people get into journal like a lot of people that I've seen in my schooling they've gone to journalism school but they're not doing nothing with their degree mm-hmm. so it's like don't waste my money on it you know I think Scripps uh, Scripps Howard no that's not is that what the school is called Specs Howard Specs Howard <laughs> Scripps is the company. Um, but Specs Howard has a really good program if you're interested in broadcast journalism mm-hmm. um, to do that. Uh, visit a newsroom. Um, journalists love to talk about themselves and what they do. Um, if they're not super busy, they are some of the most helpful people um, to help you kind of figure that out. So, yeah, get a mentor. Do your research. Reading, yeah. Research up and just... You know, knock on a few doors. I feel it. So, in your mind, um, in your perspective, where do you think our generation is needed in Detroit the most? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, hit you with the, you know, right. make you think question. One, two, I really should right have there. listened at this uh, thing. I should have looked at the script a little harder so I can have the answer to these questions. But, um... Yeah, I think we're definitely needed in public office. And that's not at, you know, just the local level, but also at the state level, at the national level. Mm-hmm. So definitely getting into um, these public offices, holding these public servant positions, and making some change. Because, you know, I love the people that came before us, but it's, it's time for y'all. It's time for y'all to move on. You know, out of touch and don't. A lot of them, I don't want to generalize here, but a lot of them don't want to be in touch with us. Yeah, they no. have no desire because they be have the open. opportunity to do so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they got grandkids that are, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. have yeah. friends, you know, children or whatever mm-hmm. that are different, mm-hmm. you know, generations from you, and to be completely closed off to change yeah. is um, a bit asinine because. Somebody had to be open to change for you to get where you are. And you know, they think because they're older that they know everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sis, you still got click on. And your way clearly well, isn't working anymore. So It's not. So, yes, we're definitely needed on that aspect for sure. And um, I think we're also needed in, like, these construction jobs mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, working for the city has been amazing because it has opened my eyes to like a lot of these 
you know, different initiatives and programs. So um, Detroit at Works does a lot of different trainings for like construction, hospitality, uh, trade. IT, yeah. trade, like those kind of things. Like they do um, vocational training at the Randolph School right there mm-hmm. next to Renaissance. So um, even if you don't go to like formal, you know, college or university and you don't have a fancy degree, there's still ways that you can be involved in all these buildings that are going up downtown or in midtown and across the neighborhood. So we're definitely needed in those uh, aspects too because our faces and our work is just as important as um, yeah. non melanated counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the question that all of our guests usually groan and hate. Um, where do you see yourself in five years and where do you see yourself at the end of your career um i'm a workaholic so i don't ever see myself having the end of my career i'll probably like retire with my air quotes around that you look just retire from one start another one you you know know, i'll probably be in like public speaking or something (laughs) something like that people are still gonna ask me for shit so i don't ever see myself having the end of career until the day i die so I feel it. But in five years, I see myself being a full-time entrepreneur. I'm, you know, putting that in the universe. That's what I need to be doing. And we when just I say need to full come time, up with, like, a corporate prayer or something for that. Because, like, all of us, we need to just come together and say this yes. same prayer every day until yes, we're all yes. out. Because <laughs> I think a lot, of, a lot of the time people say, oh, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. But when I say that... I mean, I need to have health insurance, Mm -hmm. I need life insurance, disability insurance, I need all of the stuff that I get with my corporate job. In my entrepreneurial aspects, yeah. In my entrepreneurial aspects, and not also, not having that just for me, but also for whoever I employ as well, so. Yeah, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't think about that extended outcome, and when they think about. nobody shows that on Instagram. Yeah. Of course not. They only show the highlights and the good stuff. And that's the thing, like, especially in PR, people see, they see the events, they see the parties, they see you putting your clients on TV, this, that, and the other, but it's like, you don't understand all the other stuff that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Like, especially when, um, at my last job, when I was working on, like, the parade in Riverdale, she's like, oh, you got the hookups. I'm like, yeah, cause I had to be up out here at working at the right. This ain't like I didn't just roll out of bed and be like, up. Oh, guess I'm gonna go I'm up going there. Right. right. I guess no, I'm gonna just walk out here on a go kart right. in the freezing cold at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> Man. Okay. So our last official question for this glorious, wonderful interview podcast episode that you have given us i think this is like the second most hated question yeah because if people be like what y'all should have put that that was not even on the um agenda yes yes it was yes it was the agenda most hated question oh no i didn't say that of course we ain't gonna tell you that because then you're not going to answer it takes away the shock right so if you could switch places with someone for one week i was about to say i knew it but wait oh okay but wait i take my answer back listen so you if you could switch places with someone for one week who would it be and like you get all you get all this person's like accolades fan but you also get all this person's problems Problems. Mm -hmm. drama kids pick beyonce you gotta get jay-z that's fine. Okay. <laughs> you got to deal with all these crazy ass stands. She ain't worried about her. The Beehive. Parkwood. She is not worried about us. 
Like, I don't know. I don't think I would want to trade places with Beyonce. I would want to be Beyonce's friend. Yes. So I'm going to say I want to trade places with her publicist. See? Okay. Smart. That is a very smart answer. Because, I mean, I'm still going to be doing the stuff that I have to do on the day-to-day. So we can't do it with Beyonce. With Beyonce. You know? And, like, she's worked with her for years, so it's like I'm pretty sure they're, like, best friends. Yeah, you gotta be because that person know all your secrets. They okay, know. Listen, she knew that Beyonce got cheated on. Listen, she knew Beyonce <laughs> she was pregnant with twins before we knew. Like, she knew she was pregnant with Blue. Blue, she knew all she was that. Pregnant with Blue. She knew when the album was coming. Listen, my question is, where do you hold all these secrets? Listen. I would like combust. Like that's, that's how I know it's, it's not for me. <laughs> like, cause I would like combust. I have to tell somebody. Yeah, I've gotten really good at secret. Keeping she probably go into a locked room. And she just starts screaming. And just starts screaming. <laughs> and then just opens yeah, up. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So, thank you again for coming on the show, of talking with us. Appreciate you. How can people get a hold of you if they want to utilize your services for PR or event planning? Or if they want to check out your blog, mm-hmm. how do they get a hold of you? So the blog is thenomadicblogger.com. Um, for Jackson PR and Events, you can go to my newly created Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it is Jackson PR period events. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and then on Twitter, it is Jackson PR underscore events. Okay, sweet. Hire sweet. a bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Send that money our way. And then when I say higher, I mean you got to have some money. Yes. Yes. Um, Negotiations around here. Period. Of course, for the New Kids, um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the New Kids LLC. You can find us on SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit. We're on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher at the New Kids LLC. Um, You can advertise with us. Yes, please. Advertise with us. Events. Events. your business, if you want to be on the show, if you, you want send us, us to test out your products, right? We love that. Oh, yes, I want to test out products too. <laughs> send us an email at the new kids LLC at gmail.com. Check out our website always, and of course, at the new kids Detroit.com. You can be on the show through those, yes. Same, Hit um, us methods. up. Um, we got a lot of great things coming up, so stay tuned. Um, because we about to throw everything at you. We're about to be lit. We're taking over. We're taking over the world. Pinky in the brain. Yes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We are out. Bye, guys. If you want to learn more about the New Kids, check out our website at thenewkidsdetroit.com. Make sure you listen and subscribe and rate us on iTunes at The New Kids LLC. And do us a favor and share your favorite episode on all of your social media. You can find the new kids on SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit and make sure you like your favorite episode and share it on all your social media handles.